Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. On this special 3121 anniversary episode, we discuss never-before-heard-of stories about the album and performances surrounding its release. We also talk about the latest Prince news, including which Prince releases will be included on Record Store Day, newly announced shows at the Dakota by Shelby J, and the Dance Till Dawn party during the upcoming Prince celebration. And now, don't you want to come? Dr. Funkenberry. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast, everyone. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for subscribing through iTunes, through Stitcher, telling your friends about us, and everything else. We have such a fun show packed for you guys today. I am so looking forward to it. Aren't you, Chris? Yes. Yes, I am, Doc. Hey, what are we going to talk about? It's a special, this is a special episode, right? Well, we're going we're gonna to update everyone on all the news that's happening, but this is our 3121 11th anniversary special. Wow. I can't believe it's been 11 years already. That's crazy. Right. And we're going to be having Ian Boxhill on soon, who is the engineer for that. Unfortunately, he was out of town this week. I really wanted to do it, uh, but it didn't work out. But then I can just kind of tell stuff that we we know, and then Ian can fill us up on a lot more. So that's going to be so much fun. So let's dive right into the news items. Like you saw this week about Record Store Day, Chris? Yes, I saw your tweet that you uh, that you sh- you posted all of the print stuff that's going to be released. I didn't think there was going to be any print stuff, but wow. Oh, man. there's I'm going to be broke. Yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> It's how do I put it? Because they were supposed to release something in December for the record store day, then for the sexy MF picture disc, and then that didn't come out. Uh, this looks like it is going to come out though. It um, it's six 12 inch maxi singles, all long out of print, all limited to three thousand copies each, plus a seven inch picture disc limited to five thousand. So you get the Prince Pop Life Fresh Dance Mix with Hello. It isn't the UK version, which is. A little bit different. It has got the line of it. Uh, what's the matter with your sex? Is fifteen minutes your best? Doesn't have that, but it's still it's been out of print. Um, something that Questlove was actually looking for a few years ago online, which I thought was interesting, because I think Questlove's got everything and then some. And then uh, it has Prince. I can never take the place of your man with Hot Thing and all those Hot Thing remixes with Shep Pettibone. So that's kind of cool. Then you got Sign of the Times. Uh, with La La La, He He He, which is so much longer than the one that's on the Hits the B-Sides. So that should be a treat for a lot of people. And then you got uh, one of my favorite remixes of all time, I Wish You Heaven, remixed by Femi Gia, parts one, two, and three, uh, with Scarlet Pussy on the other side featuring Camille performing it. So I'm really looking to I Wish You Heaven one. Then you have the Party Man with the Purple Party Mix, Party Man, Party Man Music Mix with Party Man Video Mix and Fill You Up Short Stroke. Unfortunately, it was the overseas versions that had the Fill You Up Long Stroke, the Japanese, I believe, and also the UK one. Um, the Japanese, it's really cool because I wish you have a three-inch CD. has uh, parts one, two, and three on that. Same with uh, the Party Man one has a long stroke of Fill You Up. Then you also get Bat Dance, the Bat Mix, Bat Dance, Vicky Vale Mix, which I like that. 
and 200 balloons, which is where bad dance kind of morphed in from. Then you have the picture disc of the seven inch picture disc of little red Corvette with 1999. And that would be 5,000 copies. Now, I don't know if you ever experienced record store days before Chris, but it is no. very, it's very ridiculous. Um, you would probably have to start lining up at five, six in the morning. And then, um, they'll give you a little sheet to fill out and then you kind of get to pick like about four or five things that you want. Now, keep in mind, there's a, there's almost a hundred things coming out of this record store day. I know you just want the print stuff. Um, you have to make sure that you get it. And I just wonder, it's supposed to be the stuff that's long out of print, but I wonder if there'll be anything different on the label. Like some of the new prints out for like the sign of the times, it says MPG records on it. So we will see, but so good it's like, or yeah, it's the like, menu. Yeah. When you're waiting in line and then, um, it's ridiculous, but good luck with that. Cause I'm not going to be in line for it. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. We'll see if someone's like, hey, Jay, I'm going. You want, want me to see what it looks like? Sure. But um, yeah, not going to happen. And now we're less than two weeks away from Steve Park releasing his photo book, an intimate uh, portrait in a prince. But there's been a lot of photos uh, that are circulating from one from a Mojo interview he did overseas. And then there's certain other ones kind of like popping up online, like that really cool shot of him getting his hair braided by Kim Berry, his longtime hairstylist. And then that other shot of him playing b-ball and getting some air. That's kind of cool too. I love all those. I want to wait for, I don't want everyone to be posting all these pictures, please. I want to be surprised. I see so many of these unreleased photos coming out. Yeah. And it's just, I just want to wait for the book. Don't don't blow it all now. You know they're amazing. Like all those rave unto the joy, fantastic pictures. Oh my gosh, crazy! Right. But let's see something for the book. Yeah, it's tough because people just want to see it. But that's exactly what's going to happen as soon as that book comes out. All the all the prints are going to end up online. Now, there's also something that kind of hit social media this week and kind of created a little bit of a storm, um, like. His girlfriend, this guy's girlfriend, was jamming out to Prince while cooking. So he decided to join her and started dancing, and they were dancing together, really hoping that the video doesn't get taken down. I don't believe it's the estate taking down the videos. I believe it's Universal Music Publishing acting on behalf of the estate. But it's very mm-hmm. frustrating because you guys haven't put anything out yet, and then you're trying to ha- you're trying to shut down fan groups or other things. And it's not like they're taking away a profit from you because you haven't done anything yet, put out anything yet. I know there's some behind the scenes stuff on that, but that's just how it's looking, looking in, you know? So, and then, uh, next month, the celebration in Minneapolis, you got now Jesse Johnson, uh, three shows. I think we talked about that before at bunkers. Now Shelby J is doing two show, like, Two shows, I believe, a record release party for her new CD at the Dakota Jazz Club. And also Paul Peterson and Eric Lees are doing something that night as well. And then 
you have Andy Allo performing somewhere else because she's opening up for for someone whose name escapes me right now. So, geez, there's a lot going on, whether it's at Paisley Park or elsewhere. Right. The Uber drivers in Minneapolis are going to be really busy that weekend, aren't they? People are going to be going back and forth. They're going to be going nuts. There's so much going on. All 10 of them, you know? (laughs) 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 Um, And there's a dance till dawn party happening as well, right? Yep. Yeah, that's going to be pretty cool, too. And I saw a lot of special guests are going to be there, too. So, I mean, it's not at Paisley Park, but it's going to be something that's endorsed by them, by the estate. And there's going to be tons of special guests. Right. So now you got to go if you're going to be in town. Let me get this out. Um, the estate isn't getting money from the celebration. It's Paisley Park. That's getting money for the celebration sets to keep Paisley Park open. So this thing, the dance till dawn party is it's different. The money is going to something else. So the family or whatnot, the PRN alumni. So that supports the family and the PRN alumni and stuff like that. Then you have Paisley Park who needs to be supported separately. So it is two separate entities. It's not like what Paisley Park makes the family is going to get a cut of. Now, remember, we're still dealing with a huge tax bill. So people got to yeah, get like post that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's very unfortunate is how I look at it now. I'm and we're still waiting for the Purple Rain track list and. It's supposed to be out, what, the, almost, the the Purple Rain remaster is supposed to be out June 9th. So now, I'm kind of worried, man. Are we going to have, like, because we're having many books come out in April. We're having a pretty sad anniversary coming out in April. We're having a celebration. Is that when the Purple Rain track list is going to get released? Man, I don't know. Uh, there's some rumors going around about the track list and stuff, so... Uh, you know, I saw some pretty cool stuff on there. A lot of song titles I've never heard of. So let's hope that um, we do get a lot of unreleased music. And it looked like they did add some other, some of the other um, bands' uh, numbers, like Maserati and the stuff that you were talking about. So yeah, it, we'll it looked- wait. We'll wait till those rumors. I don't trust them. I guess we're just gonna have to wait for it. I don't believe these assumptions of it. I mean. They're pretty, people are pretty good with it, but you know, that's how people are getting their rocks off. We'll see if it's true. Now, what we know to be true is that we kind of saw the 3121 album being made and we kind of played a part in it, a part in it. And there were some songs that didn't make it on the album. Now, uh, Chris, as you remember, in 2005, we were kind of like chosen to kind of be part of a of a small group to kind of listen to some new music and to see some video footage, which ended up being the 3121 album. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a fun Saturday night. Um, we heard the full version of Satisfied to kick it off and then uh we heard another song called streets of panama yep 
um, which was originally supposed to be on the 3121 album. And to me, it sounded like Damned If I Do Part 2, like from Emancipation. So it didn't really move me that much. But from what you can remember of it, if you can, and my memory is a little bit different, what what did you think of the song? Yeah, that, that was actually one of the songs I, for some reason, it stood out. It was very catchy. And that was actually a good um, correlation. I'd say that it was like a Cuban, kind of Latin, really Latin beat, kind of that vibe. And it was very, very bouncy, very positive. Yeah, I remember. I liked it a lot. I'm surprised that it didn't make it or even like on a B-side. You know, why not throw it on on the CD single for Black Sweat or something, you know? Right. And I was just kind of surprised about it. I think... I was told, because I always thought it was Get on the Boat that replaced Streets of Panama, but I'm told that's not the case. It may have been Black Sweat or something else, and that's why we're going to have Ian on to kind of discuss that and discuss Streets of Panama. But I could totally tell that Sheila E. was on the track. You can tell her playing. Um, but sure. to me, it just sounded like it was it was done already, and I wanted something a little bit different. Now, another thing we heard that night was Love. But it was all acoustic, like what people think is like the acoustic version. That was the version that we first heard. Yep. And, the I'll, get, and, version. I'll, get, and I'll get into how I heard it, the, what ended up being the version that ended up on the album. I'll get into that later. But that kind of blew us away. And that was just interesting. Another thing is then we got to see video footage. Now... <laughs> The first thing we saw was kind of meh. We saw like just a camera of people's feet and dessert like being served at the 3121 house parties. But the song playing a loop over and over again, it was just the same 30 seconds was what would be 3121. We just kept hearing the don't you want to come part. Um, But it was really like, okay. And we saw maybe about, 10 minutes of that. And we're like, wow, is this the video footage that we're going to see? <laughs> and it wasn't. And what we saw was a lot of portions that ended up being the 3121 movie. Now there was, it kind of opens up with 3121. Well, this is now that I'm thinking about something else. I'm not getting into that. But what we saw was, um, clips of a guy a limo driver slash security guard um named miguel he was looking he was at a coffee shop and you know taking the order from the girl that was a secretary from where he was coming from and she she told his order like da 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 no foam so he made sure he got to the coffee place he said da 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 extra foam and was hitting on the girl, the barista. And then uh, he sees a girl that catches his eye, which we end up knowing is Coco, Lisa Hernandez, Lolita. And uh, he's trying to holler at her, but she's just trying to get into the limo to see where it's going. Very interesting. <laughs> so, and then he gets a coffee for his boss. And... He brings in the drinks and the girl is on a computer and she's actually looking at a dating website. But if people remember in the MPG Music Club, Prince asked 
members to send their photos for something that would be used. And that's what it was used for, was for this unreleased 3121 movie. So we saw clips really quick. And I'm like, hey, some people I know. And then <laughs> she gets the extra phone in her coffee. She's upset. And then he knocks on the studio door, the limo driver, and just leaves the coffee on the floor. And then we slowly see this hand come out of the door on the ground and grab the coffee quick. And we all start busting up laughing because for some reason, we know it's Prince's hand. Yeah, we can all yours look like, right? It's weird. We're weird. Maybe we just we just knew obviously it's the star of the film. And then there's this other stuff going on where we see Coco around town, kind of like doing stuff. Then we get back to Prince in the studio. And he's just uh, kind of like he's doing love, but acoustic still. Stop telling me what you want me to hear. And then this girl, her parents kind of like are engineers or whatnot. And she is around in the studio and then that's all we see of her. And we're like, okay, that's weird. Then we go back <laughs> to the studio and Prince is jamming now with Cora and Josh Dunham. And then Prince, uh, Prince is recording with them and kind of giving his like look of not feeling it. And then the en an engineer runs out. I've been doing this for 24 hours. I can't do it anymore. I need someone else. There's another engineer that takes his place. Then we go back to the studio and it's just Josh and Cora and Prince jamming again. And he's wearing a little beanie hat. And again, he's not happy. And then he walks out of the studio and Cora and Josh are just looking at each other like, what was that? He's like, he's in one of his moods again. And then apparently we see Prince go to another studio next door and he starts jamming again. But then we see Sonny T and Michael Bland, the new power trio from 1993 back in the mix. And they're jamming. Prince isn't singing. He's just playing. And then I don't know why Prince is doing this to Josh and Cora, but he goes, now that's what I'm talking about. Oh, damn. <laughs> And then we go back to where he is alone in the studio in a different part where he's on the couch and he's doing love again, just kind of streaming it. But he's like, stop telling me. And he's like, no, he's trying to get it right. And then the girl walks into the room with a hula hoop. And, and which, yeah, and clarify, this is a little girl, not yeah. like a young lady. She's no. like 10 or 11, right? 10 or 11, right. And she's also, well, see, the videos weren't really released. That doesn't help out. Um, so he he just is like, can I help you? And she's like, my parents left me here. I'm just hanging around. So what are you up to? And then Prince is just kind of like perturbed, but answers her. And then she starts talking to him. And then he kind of gives like a weird answer. And then she goes, oh, I can tell that you're, she said something like you're kind of lonely. And then she pats his head because she's standing above him and he's sitting down yeah. and pats his head. And you're just like, oh, crap, she just touched his hair. Um, <laughs> and now there's other, other stuff shot that we see of this. And there's one scene 
where the girl is using the hula hoop and Prince is just sitting there and she's getting really close to hitting him. And she keeps going, get out of the way, get out of the way. And then Prince goes, get out of the way of what? And then she puts the hula hoop down and goes, yourself, and then walks away. And we all went, ooh. <laughs> now, we we get all this stuff. We're getting more stuff of Coco and then the, the, the bodyguard slash limo driver hitting her up, promising her that he can get her into these elite Hollywood parties where Prince is performing. And she's like, yeah, right, I don't believe it. He's like, all right. And we never see Coco at the parties of this footage. But what's interesting is footage that me and you, me and Chris and others were shown that were there, that were lucky to be there that night. It showed Prince in the studio again at a piano. And he starts playing the dance on the piano. Yes. And now we get to see three or four takes of that. Because he'll do it, then redo it again, or he'll mess up the middle and like, get this angle, get this. So we get to see it. And this is the first time, because all we heard was the dance on the Chocolate Invasion. And then we're kind of going, that's a previously released song. And there's some people, some experts in the room that I'm not going to mention, because I don't want to embarrass them. They're like, no, that's a new song. And I'm like, no, no, that was on another one. Just he updated it. Yep. Regardless, this is our first time seeing the dance. Just imagine, you guys, you guys that are fans of the dance on 3121, just imagine if the first time that you ever heard this version of it, you were watching Prince play the piano in a studio by himself with all that emotion. It was an amazing, amazing clip, Chris. That's something I'll never forget. It's etched in my brain. And I wish that yeah. we had a copy of it. <laughs> now... <laughs> Here's something. We see Coco again and all this stuff, but then we go, we're taken to a roller rink, and we see Prince in his light-up roller skates, and he's roller skating around, and then he comes right by the camera, and we're kind of like, ooh, look at him putting on moves. But what does he do? The little girl is there, and then he takes her hand, and then he starts roller skating with her. And what was our reaction to that? You know, I wish I could remember. It I'm telling was, you, it your was, memory is amazing. It was not good. It was not good. We, Him roller skating with her hand in hand kind of gave us a little bit of a Michael Jackson vibe. So yeah, Okay, I, now I remember that. It was a little creepy. Right. And I will say this because we're going to get into it later. And maybe I should do this now just for people that want to be about the 3121 movie. That did not make it into the final cut. It was edited out. So, you know, we were listening to these tracks. We were shown this footage to just kind of get our opinion on some stuff. And it did not make the final cut. Then we saw some extra footage afterwards where they were talking with Lisa Hernandez Coco about her experience and what she wants to do with her career. Um, And I got to say... The girls that were watching this with us, Chris, did not really like Lisa at all. Some of them were like, she looks like a, a transsexual, a, a transgender. They they were saying this back then. And I'm like, wow, hate much? They were watching something. I was watching something <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. There's, oh, I, but I'm sorry. Don't yeah. want my point across. 
yeah, did she, she? There was nothing wrong with her. Um, nope. So now let's we'll get to the movie a little bit. So I, you know, I become quite involved around this time. Like they're reaching out to me to help. They're reaching out for promotion for ideas, just to help with stuff. Um, they kind of tell me that they're, you know, they're promoting Tamar. They're doing all these stuff. He's doing these shows around town, performing in the Bay Area, coming back to L.A. a week later. And then um, just told he's going to do Saturday Night Live next week. Uh, but they're probably expecting it to be Black Sweat. It's going to be two new songs. One's called Fury, and then the other one is going to be Beautiful, Loved, and Blessed with Tamar. And, of course, the day of Saturday Night Live, they tell me to put that info out and uh, – the org or whatever it's called. Um, they were like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. And then they locked the thread. And then after the sound live appearance, they were like, whoops. I'm like, yeah, fool, you better recognize. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I think it was banana cologne. that tried to lock that down. So, um, I am invited to the house parties, you know, so I dress up really nice. I go to it and it's for, the 3121 listening party. And this is before any any reviews are done or it's done anywhere else. But I'm asked not to share it or do anything. So I get to the house and it isn't a bunch of celebrities this time. There's maybe like one or two of like the diehard Prince fans or celebrities, but it really is just the universal people. And Prince plays the album. I hear 3121. I hear Lolita. Hearing everything for the first time, except for Tiamo Corazon, which was released in December of the previous year, 2005, when I really was underwhelmed that that was the first single picked. But it's Prince's choice, right? So listening to everything, hearing incense and candles for the first time, and then all of a sudden I hear this, ooh, and it's love. And I'm like, I hear the stop telling me what you want me to hear. I'm like, hey, wait a second. We we hmm. we just heard that with just acoustic guitar. We didn't hear all this extra stuff on it. I'm like, wow, Prince did it again. Couldn't leave something alone. It made it amazing. And then I saw, I heard that, uh, you know, Streets of Panama wasn't on there. Clothes would get on the boat. That everyone was just clapping. And then Prince uh, Prince performed, but it was with uh, Tamar and Tamar's band, which ended up being his band. But there wasn't a lot of Prince songs. He would just do a little bit of Kiss on the guitar playing it, but he was doing Play That Funky Music, White Boy, and uh, <laughs> he had Stephen Hill of BET Entertainment come out and sing it, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> now, promotion for 3121 is in high gear. I'm helping out behind the scenes with Ruth, just giving her all the info. Ruth is um, his personal assistant, but also to me, acted like a manager, but didn't have that title. So she was involved with a lot of stuff. And she was constantly asking me for my input. And I give it to her that I felt that they're doing digital advertising, they're not doing print advertising. Because still, Billboard magazine, here's 3121 about to come out, and they don't even have the back page with prints on it. And I talked about like, they were having stuff on the oxygen network for 3121. And I'm like, uh, where are they putting the money? Cause like flavor of love and these other shows on VH one were crazy hot at the time. And there was no ads. 
So I sent her my email. She forwarded forwarded it to the head of Universal Music. And oh, wow. he didn't know that it was me sending it. She he thought it was Ruth and Prince sending it. So Ruth told me that I thought it was so funny. I'm like, wow. Like I didn't know I was like helping out this landscape. Now, here's 3121 about to come out in two weeks. And you know, at that time I'm doing stuff in LA. I want to do like a 3121 event the night that 3121 comes out. So mm-hmm. I'm talking with you. I'm talking with Kurt Crucial, who DJs yeah. over here. And then we have Tower Records in Northridge offering us to, you know, he can DJ from 8 until 1230 while the record's going on sale. And then we have Virgin Megastore on Sunset offering us to DJ there from 10 until 12:30. And now here's the thing is there's a Tower Records on Sunset. It's very legendary. Prince's house, the 3121 house, the as Dave Hampton and the others say when I call it the Boozer house, but that's what it was for that one. Um it was very very close to Tower Records. It was off of Doheny Drive. So it's like less than 3 blocks away. So my instinct is that we should be doing what we can for Tower Sunset. And I contacted them and they're like, oh, we're going to be having a karaoke contest and I'll have like a $700 grand prize. And I'm going to myself, that is so lame. But what I'm thinking of is that's always in the back of my mind. The reason that I want it to be at the closest venue to the house is because he has all his equipment there. He can load it up and take it to Tower Records and perform for the fans. That's all I'm thinking of. So, you know, Kurt wants to DJ in Northridge, which is very far away from the house. And then he wants to either DJ at Virgin Megastore, which is closer, but still a little bit distance from the house. So I kind of tell Kurt that as much as he wants to DJ, I think that we should get behind this karaoke thing because I just have a feeling that Prince is going to take that over and there'll be no karaoke contest. He's like, karaoke is so lame, blah, blah, blah. I go, dude, I'm with you. I just have a feeling. And I've had these feelings for a lifetime when it comes to Prince stuff. I just think that we should just get behind the karaoke thing. Kirk gets pissed. He's like, I'm going to the Bay Area where I know they're going to party. I'm going to the record release party. I'll party with Bobby. I'll do everything. So... During this time, I'm still trying to convince Kirk not to go. And I'm talking with Ruth. And I'm just like, do you know what he's planning on doing? No, I don't know anything. And I went, okay, just so you know, we put it out to the Bump Squad and on the Music Club that we're going to be at Tower Sunset kind of at around 9 p.m. And we're going to be waiting in line to buy the album and stuff like that. Just letting her know that's where we're going to be. We're not going to be at Virgin Megastore. We're not going to be elsewhere. We're going to be right there. So she's like, okay, I don't think anything is going to happen. But I keep hitting her head over it. So I call Tower Records the day of the event. I call them around 9 a.m. I go, hey, you guys doing anything special for the Prince event tonight? Is he performing or anything? And then they're like, no, we have another band performing. We're having a karaoke contest. I went, okay. That's at 9 a.m. So at 2 p.m., I call again. I call and I go, hey, 
do you guys know what's happening for the Prince event tonight? They go, uh, we're having one band perform, and we were supposed to do a karaoke thing, but I'm hearing something's changing with that. And I went, oh, really? So I text, I text Chris on my little old flip phone, I think something's going on for tonight. Be prepared. And that's yeah, it. And then uh, talk with Ruth again. She's like, I'll, I'm going to hit you up in a bit. She's like, Tower Sunset, right? And I go, yep. So I call Tower Records at around 410. Um, they're like, yeah, we're waiting to hear word back from him, but we think Prince is going to perform tonight. So, yeah, I was just so excited. I didn't care. So she hits me up, says that it's going down Tower Records tonight. Get the word out. And I'm like, okay, cool. Probably performance at midnight. And um, I put out through the Bomb Squad list, the music club. Just get down there now. What we planned, just get down there now. Get down there as soon as you can. And, of course, this rain comes out of nowhere. And I didn't have time to grab an umbrella. I'm just trying to get down there. I don't know if people are going to get down there because not only did AEG put out the memo, like we put it out for all the fans and they already knew to be there, you know, and it was just crazy. I get there and there's only 10 people in line, but there's way more people arriving. Just it's kind of hard to find parking on sunset. And I was drenched and there's Cody in his hoodie has like a thing above him so he's not getting wet. I'm just soaked. All I want to do is just go to a bathroom and take off my underwear so at least I'm only in wet pants instead of wet pants, underwear, wet shirt, wet hoodie. (laughs) Sorry for the story, guys. But (laughs) there was so many people there. They were turning people away. Tower security and some other people were being kind of rude. And the fans were just upset, like they couldn't get in. And then the fire department comes, saying they're going to shut it down. There's too many people. Then, like, I kind of like see Ruth, and she just says that regardless of what they say, we're going to try to get more fans in that don't have wristbands. They're like the hardcore fans. They're trying to ask other people. Um, I see Ian there because someone was telling me that Ian is the guy that did the mixing and the and the engineering, and he kind of looks a little bit like Kanye West. So I went. Hey, it looks kind of looks like Kanye. So uh, it just is a madhouse. Then we're kind of let in around 1130. And they don't exactly have a stage for Prince. It's on the floor. Yeah, so, riser, right? yeah, we, we, we have to like be like, it, unless you're right in front, you don't really get to see Prince because he's not, you know, on an elevated stage. And... DJ Rashida was spinning and she did black sweat and when it had like, we're going to scream like a white girl on the count of three. Like there was a lot of girls screaming and it was not pretty. I'm that's why I'm like, that's why he does the countdown one, two, three instead, instead of them screaming. Cause it was a terrible sound. So midnight hits out comes Prince out comes Tamar out comes Sheila E out comes the twins and they perform and from what I hear, they had, because of the rain, they had the his guitar plugged into the wrong generator, and it kept going out, and he was pissed. But he Ooh. did his best. He played his guitar, uh, did a little bit of Tiamo Corazon with Tamar. So that was our first time hearing it. 
uh, live. They did do it at the Brit Awards with Wendy and Lisa. And that was really cool with the Brit Awards performance because you had Wendy, Lisa, and Sheila all there, all together. And they did, you know, Tiamo, a little bit of Let's Go Crazy, Purple Rain. It was quite awesome. And then just the performance was really, really cool. I mean, obviously, I was a little bit close from where I was in line. But um, it's probably around 30 minutes. And just we got a free show at Tower Records from Prince the night of. And by the way, around 10 p.m., I did not want to call him. So Kurt calls me and he goes, he's really performing. And I go, yeah. And he's like, he's like, there's no way I can even take a plane and get down there in enough time now. And I'm like, I didn't want to do I told you so thing. But I was just like, I had a feeling, man. I had a feeling. I wish you would have stuck with it. He's like, it's cool. But I was trying to tell him, just let's get behind this thing. And it happened. There was no karaoke contest. Prince performed. After he was done performing, we all went in line and bought the 3121 album. But, of course, it leaked online already. You know, after the uh, one of the house parties, I was listening to it on the way there and on the way back. But... What an amazingly fun time for a free show, man. Yeah, that was the energy being the charts. So fun. Yeah, it's just crazy. Um, And then, you know, it's all over the news the next day. Like, oh, Entertainment Tonight was it too. Entertainment Tonight. Still online. Yeah, Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood. BT showed a little bit of it. KTLA, The Morning News, Fox. I put all this stuff on DVDs. So I have this like in my little collections, even if it's like 30 second snippets. But it was a lot longer than that. And then they had um, one of the people from Scrubs, Donald Faison, was on. And they were talking about the Prince performance. And he's like, Yeah, Prince is going to be doing a, a secret show this Friday. I'm like, Not so secret now, Donald. So um, we're getting the word out because it was fairly obvious after the first day of sales that 3121 was going to debut at number one. What Universal did was is they pulled all other artists that had released CDs that day. So Prince was the only artist on Universal that was out that day. Now, um, so he wants to perform with the Hollywood Roosevelt Friday night. And but it's not going to be for fans only. It's going to be for celebrities. So, you know, which kind of bothered me, only because you know I, I was invited. But Friday night, someone put on the music club a moderator that he's performing at the Roosevelt. So I'm able to go and bring a few of my friends. But then you have to do the thing where you have to choose. So let someone else choose because I didn't want to deal with that. Um, so we get there. We figure we're going to go through the back. It's going to be easy peasy. All these fans are in the front. And go through the back. No one will see me. No one will hate me. No one will be going, JJ, get me in, get me in. So we get through the back. We're going up. I see um, Edward Norton or someone get in. And... Um, I am told 
we have to go through the front to get in, although everyone else is getting through the back. And my heart sinks because now there's fans I know, there's friends I know, and now you're going to see them. They want to see Prince just as much as you want to. And you are going to be having some people be really mad at you. That was the longest walk from the back of the Roosevelt to the front that I ever had. And there's so many people that I know and they're doing it. Jay, 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 can you get me in? And I'm just like, Oh my God. Then we're trying to get in through one side entrance through um, a roadie. And then there's like 200 people following me. And then one of the, one of my friends is like, follow him, follow him. So I try to go right and 200 people went right. I try to go left. 200 people went left on the streets of Hollywood, mind you. So I told the girl I was with that night and the two other people just go in without me. We'll have to figure something out. So I go back to the parking lot with 200 people and just like pissed because I'm not able to get in because I can't bring them in with me. And then it's just going to be a bad look. So I go to my car, pretend to take off. I hit up Ruth. They're like, where are you at? I'm all like, I can't get in. There's just too many fans. Then she's like, get in the back way. I'm like, that's where I went. And they wouldn't let me in. So she goes, go to the back. I'll get you in. And she had a, a guy that was working for her named Matt. He grabbed me and got me in. There's Ruth. And then that's when that whole story where I saw Salma Hayek and uh, Jack. Jack Nicholson talking, that's right where it happened. And Very keep cool. in mind now, I've missed a half an hour to 40 minutes of the show trying not to have 200 people hate my guts and let my friends get in without me. So I missed a half hour of the show. Um, I'm in the far back. My friends are in the front. Uh it was just really weird. And then you just see all these cameras and cigarettes and smoke everywhere. And then Prince pulls Apollonia up on stage. There's a few other people. And he oh, does, wow. for the first time and only time ever, he did ACDC's Shook Me All Night Long. Oh, wow. And that's what I remember from it. And um, it was amazing. But I only saw like 20, 25 minutes of a. Uh, hour plus show because of that drama and um we leave the venue and some of the fans came back and they gave some of my friends a hard time gave me a hard time i'm like look dude like i couldn't get anyone in like i had to miss half the show because you're telling people to follow me you know um but i was very happy for prince prince was in a great mood knowing that the album was going to hit number one. He was just on just on cloud nine, man. And then just these things were happening. The BET Awards came. He was going to perform afterwards at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And that was crazy cool to hear about that. But the Beverly Hills Hotel heard about, heard about it, that, oh, no, you cannot have regular people coming into the Beverly Hills Hotel. You can't perform in our ballroom and have regular people there. <clears throat> and Prince was wanting fans to be there. So about 50 tickets went up on the music club and you were one of the lucky ones to get in. Yep. I was one of the lucky ones to get in. Yeah. yeah, Amazing. 
was that was nuts. That was one of the the craziest performances, only because of the circumstances where it was just blind luck, and I just got really lucky. And yeah, that was. Whew. How many fans were in there? It was really. It was only fifty, right? It was less than fifty because you had Shaka there, you had Snoop Dogg there, you had Puff Daddy and his smelly security guard there who jacked one of Prince's tambourines. Um, it was the. It was crazy. Like we had the whole place for ourselves because the Bravo's Hotel <clears throat> did not want regular people there. So, yeah. and it was it was a hard getting in the line situation. Ruth comes out, handles everything, sets it straight. We all got in there. We're kind of listening to sound check. Then we're let in. Tamar does a full set, and then Prince does a set. He does thirty one twenty one, just some other stuff that we. Weren't exactly hearing it. No, he did not do 3121 yet. I'm mistaken by that. He did Black Sweat. And he did mm-hmm. a few other things. And during the performance, Shaka came to give him a hug. And this was not when Shaka was drug free. So Prince got a, a woof, a whiff of it because she was sitting with Snoop. And you can just imagine what they were doing. Tommy Lee was there as well, losing his shit over Prince. It was just crazy. But P. Diddy takes the cake. Going right in front of the fans, drunk as hell, jacking one of the twins' tambourines, and um, just the smelliest bodyguard, huh? Coming with us, that that was crazy. Yeah, it just was nuts. But I had such a good time. Like, I think it was around three thirty in the morning when we were finally leaving. It was just amazing. And then what happened was is that Prince wanted more money to promote 3121. He wanted more money for videos. He was upset because the Silent Live performance he thought was so good that he wanted that to be the video. But Silent Live, although it's owned by Universal, would not give Universal Music the rights to Prince's Silent Live appearance. So he made the video for Fury, which is at the 3121 house. Um, But he was... Not happy. He wanted more money to promote it. Tamar's CD was supposed to be coming out. It got pushed back. Um, he was asking for money. He ended up doing American Idol. Did Lolita and Satisfied. He was asking for more money again. They're like, no. And he goes, well, that's it. I'm done. And remember, there was all these plans. 3121, the music, was that. There's also supposed to be supposed to be 3121, the movie. Now, going back to the night that we heard those songs for the first time and the footage, I was asked, do you think it would be a good idea that inside the 3121 CD that there was a ticket to see 3121, the movie? What they were trying to do was is make sure that the movie would debut at number one when it came out. The film was being edited over and over and over again, so it wasn't ready. But then Prince thought of this ingenious idea along with the president of Universal Music, to put a purple ticket inside the CD and that there'll be about 10 to 20 of them that will get picked out and they will have a, they'll be flown out to party with Prince at the 3121 house. So they had that idea. Um, I went to that. We all got this really cool shirt that says 3121 house party event. Um and there was people from around the world. Prince did perform. There was a bunch of celebrities there. Now, these, these parties were always off the hook with celebrities. So you had regular fans, 
hobnobbing with Jude Law and all these other people is just crazy. Chris is in a great mood. Unlike when he had the Universal listening party, after he performed with Tamar, he wasn't in a good mood um, because the executives kind of crowded him and started asking him questions and Prince wasn't having it. He didn't want to have parties there anymore. And even so much so it affected he was going to have a Grammy party with the time performing there. And he didn't want that to happen because of how upset he was about the party with Universal. But around midnight of the Grammys, they put out that, okay, you can come to the house party. But there wasn't as many people as there would be because it was after midnight. And some people just thought, okay, Prince isn't having a party. So... All this stuff is happening. Prince is saying he's going to pull promotion off of Universal. He has 3121 Vegas set up, but it's going to be at uh, this ballroom place. And it's a Memorial Day weekend. It's the weekend after the American Idol finale. The time performs at the Rio on Friday. Prince was scoping out the Rio. He wanted to see the sound, see how the time performed there. And then Prince showed up. <clears throat> And he's like, Morris brings Prince on stage and goes, America's funk idol, you know, real American idol. Brings up Prince. Prince plays guitar. That's it. Then he does, like, these two shows, The Ballroom, and they're just ridiculous. Like, we're, we're let in at 6, and we're just standing for hours, and Prince does a little bit of a sound check at 9. He did a little bit of Dolphin one night. Um, he was supposed to do Mountains, but that didn't happen. He did. That's when he started adding another lever hole in the head to the set. But those Vegas shows were something that he wanted to do, but he didn't like the venue. He ended up liking the Rio. And then here's Prince. By the end of the 3121-2006, the music club is no more. He shuts that down. But now he has 3121.com, and he's doing these Vegas shows. And going to have a Vegas residency, Prince, at a small nightclub. Now, these shows were different. Small club. You'd have the Prince fans lining up at early in the afternoon trying to get in. But you'd have the regular Vegas people come. And by the time Prince would take the stage, these Vegas people were, you know, tourists and whatnot. They were so drunk by the time he took the stage that I started realizing you don't have to get there early. You can get there at midnight and be around two deep rows of, two deep rows of people. And then by the middle of a set, you're going to have a lot of room because people are just going to dance or just going to be messed up. Now, after he performed at the Super Bowl, that all changed. Uh, The Rio was just jam-packed. It was ridiculous. I I like the Rio shows. I know that you loved it because it was your first time being able to hear Pink Cashmere. You told me about that the weekend that you went. You were just so blown away because you were doing your best to not see any set list at all. (laughs) Right. I kept myself away from it because eventually I'd go. Yeah, but they were they were shows that showed off a lot of different things. And then he started doing this thing at the thirty one twenty one Jazz Cuisine because they had a restaurant right next door. He started doing these late night things. Now what was happening was is Prince was doing these two to three hour shows at thirty one twenty one Rio. <clears throat> Prince Prince fans aren't exactly known for gambling. So the Rio wasn't exactly getting money off the Prince fans. So the AEG kind of was telling Prince, you know, 
you get paid the same for doing a 90-minute set as you would for a three-hour set. So Prince is like, okay, yeah, I'll only do 90 minutes. What they didn't realize was that Prince is like, I'm just going to go next door and play at the Jazz Cuisine. You know, that'll make more money because sometimes he was charging $50 for an after show or sometimes 100 So depending on what room you made it, because they had a small room where he performed and there was another room where you could sit on the outside, but you weren't exactly where the band was. So he was getting more money, cash, having people buy drinks, and they weren't exactly gambling. So AEG's idea didn't exactly pan out the way that they want, but it was great for us because now we were getting after shows. Yep. And in fact, one weekend I decided to go with Tamiko. We were just driving up because um, sometimes I'd fly out there. Sometimes I'd drive out there. Like literally JetBlue was a new airline starting at the time and they were having like $40 each way, which was crazy. But sometimes, uh-huh. you know, we just wanted to drive. So we drove. And then while we're driving there, we're being told that there's going to be a high roller show at 7 p.m. High rollers is for the people that have a lot of money to spend and all this stuff. It's like Rio's way of saying thanking them for being there. So yep. we get there. We're just like, we'll find a way. And Tamiko's like freaking out. And I'm just like, we'll find a way. We always do. We got good Prince luck. So literally, we're there five minutes just hanging out by the slots. And this guy approaches me. Hey, are you guys Prince fans? I go, yeah. And he's all like, I have two VIP tickets. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a laminate and two drink tickets. Uh, I'll sell it to you for 50 bucks. <laughs> and I go, wow. sure. Like, I tell Tamiko I got this. <laughs> so um, there we are. Laminate. We go right in line. We get in. And we're golden. And it's just like the Roosevelt show. There's people smoking. There's cameras out. Again, different rules for these high rollers and whatnot. And then um, our friend Otis sees us. Mostly it was Tamiko's friend, but then Otis became my friend over the years. So we're leaving. He goes, don't leave. So... What he does is, is he takes us underneath the stage. I forget. Sam Jennings knows what it's called. It's very, very tiny. And we're underneath the stage. There's this 3121 rug there, which would be right in front of the Prince house at 3121. And as Chris, you've seen the 3121 rug, right? Yeah. Why do you have it in your, right by your bed? Why do I have the 3121 rug right in front of my bed? Well, as the song goes, don't you want to come? 3121. <laughs> so it makes sense to have it right in front of the bed, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I wish I didn't ask. <laughs> oh, not everyone gets to see that, by the way. Um, Yeah. So we're in this little tiny room. And we're just chilling there. It's kind of dark. I see some things that very familiar to me that were at other places. And then in the hallway of the Rio, there was this whole thing, kind of like what's at Paisley now, of like musicians that inspired him that someone draw, someone drew. There was Winnie and Lisa. It was a bunch of females. You also had one for Miles Davis, one for Hendrix, all these different things that just inspired Prince. It was really amazing. I'm like, wow, they're going all out for Prince, man. So we're there. And then Otis pulls us back up out after everyone clears out. And we're chilling, talking with Kip Blackshire and um, Rashida. And then Rashida was 
talking with Kip, and Kip's like, man, these women are going to get me in trouble. It's the one that Prince talks to and get me in trouble. This is what happened last time. And Kip, like, just got the call that Prince wanted to come out and hang out and perform. He did that with John Blackwell during this run. He did it with Rhonda Smith. So we hung out with Kip. And then um, <laughs> we're, we're by the stage just chilling, kind of sitting on it when people get let in. And they've been waiting in line all day. And then here we are in before them. I'm sure they were not happy. I wouldn't have been happy. But uh, we just enjoyed it. We saw the second show of the night. And then, of course, third show of the night uh, at the 3121 Jazz Cuisine. Now, who, lo and behold, later on in Prince's life, like he did this in March of 2009, where he performed at what was called the Nokia Theater at that time. They needed a second set where it was just the new power trio and a little bit of Morris Hayes, but it was just Sonny and Michael B and Prince performing at the conga room. Then he did a third show at club Nokia, which has this obscure stuff. Like when the lights go down, the sun, the moon, the stars, it's just ridiculous. But the template for this was the 3121 shows with that high roller show, then the regular main show. And then the third show with the after show just had so much fun during these shows. Like I said, they had NBA all-star weekend there because the NBA all-star game was in Las Vegas. So when you see those photos of Prince at a basketball game with a hat, you see Eva Longoria there, you see Ludacris, you see Dave Chappelle. That was all for the Vegas shows. And then that weekend was amazing. Michael Jackson was there. CeeLo got on stage and rocked it. Will I am. And then after the Vegas run, like he wasn't done, man. Like yeah. I've never, I never had the opportunity to go to Glam Slam LA. I was too young. So to kind of hear about the Roosevelt shows was kind of amazing to me. Now the ticket price, not so much. The ticket price for a seat was $3,121. And to stand in the back was $321. So I miss opening night due to obligations. Obligations, interesting enough, that I'm right across the street from the Roosevelt. I'm at um, the movie theater for the Disney movies. And just El Capitan. So I'm there. Oh, sorry. Yeah. There. And um, yeah, I was a little bit bummed. I get a call from Ruth in the morning. She's like, where were you? She's like, I didn't have a ticket. And she's like, you don't need to have a ticket. You just let me know and I'll get you in. She's like, you have to go tonight. Like Wendy's going to be there. And I'm like, okay. So I show up. I'm not on the list. And I'm like, uh, Ruth said I can go. And then they're like, oh, okay, Ruth. So like, sh- they had to buzz her and they're like, all right, you're not on the list, but she says you're on the list, so here you go. They gave me all the passes. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, he, uh, this show I'm going to talk about, I'll talk about others, but he performed with Wendy. And apparently, uh, this is before he was going to do 21 Nights in London. He was thinking of taking uh, Wendy with him for these London shows and having them perform and do an acoustic set that didn't oh, wow. pan out. Yeah. Amazing. Right. The 21, the 21 nights in London would have been even more amazing than what it was. So, uh, 
him and Wendy do a 40-minute acoustic set. And let me tell you, I have the set list because I wrote that thing down. Just amazing. They did, Prince is like, you know, they do they do some stuff. And then he goes, can you give me a minute? I need to talk about this girl. And he starts doing Girl, the B-side oh, from Around wow. the World Today era. Amazing. Just does all these amazing songs. It's like one after another blowing me away. And I'm just thinking in my mind, because I know this is supposed to be supposed for to- 21 Nights in London. This is going to be absolutely amazing. Those people in London are going to have the times in their life. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. Now, if someone is sitting on a recording of this Wendy show, <laughs> you guys got to do me a favor and get that out. Now, <laughs> it's around 2.30 in the morning where the show ends. Now, back in the day, Prince had a terrible experience at the Hollywood Bowl. He took the stage late. He just figured he'd pay the fine. And that would be it. To the stage around 10.05. At 11 p.m., they were winding off the stage. Because Hollywood Bowl has a strict curfew. It's 11, you're done. Prince didn't know that. He was pissed. So pissed, he didn't come back to L.A. for three or four years. And told us that at a thing in the Bay Area where we asked him about it. So here it was at the Roosevelt, 2.30 in the morning. Oh, they're not kicking Prince out. Prince is performing an after show in the lobby of the hotel. And those shows were amazing. Just would do impromptu stuff. He had Orianti show up one time and jam out. Marva King. Just all these people. And then each time, he'd have Renato Neto do the dance. And then Prince would be, he'd go up to the platform above us, kind of overlooking the balcony, and just kind of sit there and mimic what uh, Renato was playing. But of course, we're watching Prince instead of Renato. And it was just crazy. I remember there was this hot reporter named Lauren Sanchez on the news, kind of talking about a few weeks before how she didn't see Prince before. And then she was with Jessica Simpson and her dude at the time. Just crazy, crazy experience at the uh, 3121 Roosevelt. And then you have the 21 Nights in London, and they had other stuff there. Now, another thing that people didn't know is that Prince wanted to do – a 3121 in Manhattan, New York. He tried to make it happen, even put a hint of like thing of Times Square up on the 3121.com site. Now, they were just telling me that they're being so difficult that you needed a license to dance, you need a license to serve chocolates, you need a license to serve food because Prince was also trying to do like the cuisine thing that he did in Vegas. And there was just so many loopholes that he decided not to do it. Then... He was wanting to rent a penthouse and do 3121 parties for celebrities in New York. That didn't happen. You want to know why? Because there's a stupid rule that says an elevator in New York at that time at penthouses, it can only go up and down a certain amount of times a night. So if they're constantly bringing in guests, they're going to go, go over that quota. So he was just, screw it. New York's not getting it. But the 3121 era, is there anything I'm forgetting before I get into the movie? Gosh, well, I know you went to the house parties, and you've talked about the house parties a lot. So yeah. um, those are just legendary. I think you've covered the whole man. There was a lot going on in that time period. Yeah. So after 3121 Vegas, um, I get to see another cut of the 3121 movie. And now this time it starts off with 3121, 
Uh, there's blinds in the background. It's just Prince kind of playing in the house, but it's empty. He's wearing black, and it isn't the full song, but it's enough. It has it through the credits. Then we're kind of we see a girl, which ends up being Coco in a bathing suit, and she's nowhere near LA. That's what we're supposed to be believing. Hmm. She has a thirty-one twenty-one CD, and then she's got a purple ticket. Then she's like, kind of like, what is this nonchalantly? Then it picks up with the whole thing of her being in L.A. Trying to get to Prince, even though she's got a ticket. She's just trying to say, like, I have a ticket to the house. Not understanding it's like, you know, for the house party that the fans go to. She just figured it would be an invite to his house, whatever. So um, there's a limo driver. They cut out the scene with the coffee that we all thought was hilarious. Um, But there's still Miguel as a security guard trying to holler at Coco and promising he'd get her into uh, the parties if he'd go on a date with him. Uh, That didn't exactly happen. Now, what's interesting is is then we we see the studio, and the girl stuff is still there. The little girl, the whole get out of your way of yourself, the million days thing, it's still in there. Now, along with the footage of I told you about Josh and Cora and then Sunny T., and um, Michael B. They have where there's another scene with Coco and then we're forwarded and it's the video for the morning after, which wasn't released until the Lotus Flower album. And I went, right. this fool right here, man, he's doing Maroon 5. Just because they try to be funky. He's like, I can do Maroon 5. Just hilarious. And then there is a video for the word. What? It, yeah. It is so amazing. Like, has Prince kind of like against a window screen, like kind of like when Ross and Rachel broke up that one time, and it's like raining, and there's with or without you playing by you two. It's Prince kind of against the windowsill, and it's raining, and then it kicks in, and that's how the video starts. But there's a video for the word, and it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Coco gets to the house party, why not? Has alone time with Prince, and then she's kind of telling Prince that. Uh, your bodyguard and your quote-unquote assistant are stealing money from you. Like, they're doing all this stuff. And then, so, Prince is at the house after a house party, and then uh, he has Miguel pick him up. And this is right where the Million Days video, where you see him kind of leave the studio, but he's in the limo. This actually ends up being the final scene now to where, you know... He's leaving the house, but then about 10 minutes in, he's like, turn back around. And then Miguel's kind of like, what are you talking about? He's all like, you thought I wouldn't realize that you guys were moving one bank account to another, and there was a little bit of money missing each time. And Prince had, at this time, he had a long kind of like stash, kind of like how he did at the Oscars with Manuela in one of those shots, kind of like a little dirty mind stash. So... He's he's telling I I know that you that you people are stealing from me, and then he goes that's some real thieves in the temple tonight, and then he has her drive back to the house, and then there's the assistant in a little bathrobe waiting for Miguel. Like she kind of goes that was quick, and he's like, you just got played. Get out of my house now, and then Prince uh, just has. Miguel and the other girl leave and shuts the door. 
and kind of like he chills with Coco for a little bit. And that's how it is. Now, this is that cut of the movie. There was more cuts made. Afshin was flown out to Panama and they shot a lot of footage with Coco in Panama. In fact, there's a 3121 trailer that's on the internet. You kind of see Prince wearing that Picasso shirt design walking the streets of Panama. So there's another version of the film that's more edited than the version I saw. Now, a thing that I was really happy to see in the version that I saw was the roller skating with the kid and holding her hand was not in that cut of the movie. It was taken out. and But uh, what we have to figure out is, because apparently that person that's in the studio is supposed to be the younger version of Coco. And that's why in the Million Days video, when Coco is in a limo and then she sees the girl on the street, it's her as a kid. And then those whole flashback scenes that we see in the video where she's being dragged by her by her parents. It's a flashback. And she's running through the hotel trying to get away from stuff a million days, a million hours. Um, that's where it comes from. And that all plays into it, which is interesting because a million days is obviously where it all started with the filming that turned into the movie. Now, I have not seen the final cut. I'm sure it's somewhere out there. I would love to see it again, and we'll just go from there, and maybe Chris will be lucky, and he'll get to see it too with me, right? Yeah, no kidding. Maybe they'll show it at Paisley Park one of these days. Could you imagine? I wonder if it ever made it to Paisley Park, because I saw stuff, uh, I saw like notebooks full of songs that he wrote while in 3121 Vegas. Um, I kind of started this thing on Housequake and Prince.org, where... You know, because there's so many people that were seeing Prince for the first time. And I'd be like, oh, you're getting your purple cherry pop tonight, you know. <laughs> and so I went through these note- uh, this notebook of songs. I'm not going to say how it got in my possession. I do not have it. It was not mine. Um, one of the songs in there was called One Less Virgin in Las Vegas. And it is totally about a girl singing for the first time and losing her virginity at a show. Like, funny. see, me and Prince, we had this weird connection. It's just crazy. But that's why I was wanting to keep my distance. I was more than happy helping out Ruth and do all these things because Ruth, Ruth was creative. Ruth had these things. But she had too much going on. And I was more than happy to help out. It, none of this, none of these experiences, none of these things happen without Ruth. The, the the Tower Records performance, uh, him at the Roosevelt, these these legendary parties, it's all her. So I was just more than glad to help out in any way that I could. And, of course, it helped out the fans with the free show at Tower Records and just these other great experiences that were happening a year later into 2007, which kind of cumulated with him performing for celebrities Um outdoors at the Emmy party, you know, for E entertainment and people magazine. So just an amazing, amazing time period. I can't believe it's been 11 years, but yeah, it doesn't seem like it. It is so underrated. 3121 is one of his best work of the two thousands and even stand up stuff. I mean, Alan Leeds was so impressed with the word and all these other stuff. So it's just amazing to me. It gets underappreciated, and this is why 
there's just so many stories to tell from here on out. And like people keep asking me on Instagram, when am I going to write a book? I really would love to still cover 78 through 88, but I really want to concentrate on like 88 through now because there's so many stories I know. I mean, look, Prince's career was supposedly over in 2001, right? He's done. <laughs> then the Rainbow Children and other people think that's done. And then the music on it is just so amazing. And then within two years later, he's selling out arenas around the United States with musicology and having another hit album. So that was a huge resurgence. And I just think the 3121 era and so much other stuff is so undervalued. And this is why I'm so enthusiastic about it is to be able to share these stories regarding the movie and regarding so much more that happened. And I want to thank you guys for listening and allowing me and Chris to have this platform. Unfortunately, Chris couldn't be as vocal tonight for some reason. We're having a little bit of trouble with his mic, but um, I could not do the show without him. And uh, again, thank you guys so much. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes, on Stitcher, for tweeting us out, for Facebooking us out. It means a lot. We got more coming your way. So thank you for that. Much love to you. Much love to Chris. Keep it funky, y'all. Yep. Keep it funky. Don't you want to come? <laughs>